Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast, where it's my mission to help new practitioners of Chinese medicine navigate from school to career. I'm Stacy. I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist, podcaster, coach, and creator of Magical Networks. Be sure to check out all four pillars of the podcast where I cover case studies to sharpen your clinical skills, mindset Mondays to support your mental health, new practitioner interviews to prove that you are not alone, and all things business from launching your practice to negotiating your pay if you choose to be an employee. This podcast is made possible by our sponsors. So if you would like to support the podcast, be sure to check out the sponsors page on the website to claim your special AccuSprout offers. When I first started my practice, I was actually kind of a disaster when it came to my books. I hired an accountant who actually laundered money from another client. So I went on a quest to find a bookkeeper who really tailors to and loves working with acupuncturists. And I found Sarah at Horizon West Bookkeeping, and I'm feeling pretty fortunate. Sarah offers acupuncturists and the AccuSprout community a couple different packages so that she can meet you where you are. If you're new to practice, she can come in and do what's called a QuickBooks startup package for you, where you get pretty deep discounts on QuickBooks for about four months. She sets up your chart of accounts, assists with linking your bank accounts, makes sure that all the transactions are imported, and then teaches you how to use it with two hours of one-on-one training. It's a killer deal. She also offers cleanup packages and catch-up packages. Not catch-up packages, guys. Catch-up packages. And a monthly package, which is what I use. And I find it quite affordable and so, so, so worth it because, honestly, I never, since the beginning, have been able to keep up with my bookkeeping. You can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Sarah to make sure that you guys are the right fit for each other. And you can do that at horizonwestbookkeeping.com forward slash AccuSprout or look for the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your acupuncture practice. Jane offers flexible scheduling options that match the way you work. You have the option of offering one-on-one online sessions for initial consults, meeting in person, and scheduling staggered appointments to accommodate treating patients across different treatment rooms. Jane has you covered. Keep the relaxation going with a seamless checkout experience using Jane's PCI-compliant payment solution, Jane Payments. You can collect patient credit cards securely through your intake form or at the time of booking with an online booking payment policy. This can also help reduce no-shows in your practice. It's a win-win. And Jane's unlimited SMS and email reminders can be sent automatically before each appointment as an extra layer of no-show protection. To learn more about how Jane's helpful features can help you power your acupuncture practice, head to jane.app to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their team. Or if you're ready to get started, head on over to accusprout.com forward slash Jane. And remember to use the code accusprout1mo at the time of sign up to get a one-month grace period applied to your new account. Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast, where it's my mission to create a supportive community for new practitioners of East Asian medicine to provide the information and inspiration you need to get to your vision of success in your first couple years of practice. My name is Stacey Whitcomb. I'm a business launch and mindset coach for new practitioners, a board-certified acupuncturist and herbalist, 
sports medicine is my jam, and I live in a tiny house on wheels that I built, and I've lived here for over eight years. I don't need to crawl into my closet to produce a good-sounding podcast. I just record it from my kitchen, living room, bedroom office. If you've been listening to and appreciate the podcast, I have a very big ask. Could you please head over to one of the acupuncturist Facebook pages and ask this question? What podcast is your favorite podcast for acupuncture? And here's the thing, guys. I know that I am not the top podcast for acupuncturists. I know who is, and he's amazing. But when one of us wins, we all win. And I know that some of you really appreciate what I do. And I know that you're going to say the AccuSpot podcast. And when that happens, it's even better, honestly, for me and for getting the word out to new acupuncturists than using Apple algorithms. So if somebody could do that, that would be amazing. And I think I will probably be right there thanking you for doing that. What's great about this too, is that it brings up even more podcasts and more awareness of other people who are putting themselves out there and trying to produce really great information for acupuncturists and everybody deserves a little hand up. And this is one of the ways that you guys can help support us so that we can continue to support you. So if somebody could do that, that would be huge. And I love it because all of us win when you do this. So it's one of my favorite ways that people share my podcast. So thank you so much for whoever does it and for whoever else gives thumbs up on it. I totally, totally appreciate you. So now for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about the five factors that can make or break your marketing strategy. Are you a new practitioner and you're ready to get out there and ready to just do whatever it takes to get patients through your door? Are you out there trying but feeling like nobody hears you or nobody sees you or you feel so passionate to get people in your door and people are kind of bored when you talk to them or people just don't even seem to, you could just educate and educate and educate and educate and nothing's still happening in your practice. I remember um, my first year and every time I would meet somebody new and they'd be like, oh, you do acupuncture. Can it help this? Or I feel like this, I have this going on. And I was always like, yes, yes, yes. It can help. <laughs> you know, Like, oh my gosh, yes, I can totally help you. And then they, never came to see me. Why? Why? And then I got my heart hurt and it just, it felt very frustrating in the beginning, but here's the solid truth. You're not after getting that patient through the door. Sometimes it'll happen and it's great, but what you're after is touch points. You're after exposure. You're after educating. Let me explain a touch point real quick. So a touch point, when we start our business, we want to kind of create all of these different blooms or let's talk about it in the form of stream. Let's say you have this business and you want things streaming to you in the form of business. Well, you've got to create water pathways that extend beyond the stream, little tributaries. And so you're going to have touch points and ways of gaining water into your stream. And the touch points 
points are going to be like, great, you had a conversation with that person. Now that person knows you, knows you practice acupuncture, knows that you treat fertility and that they'll remember you. And then later when you do a talk at say an OBGYN group or to a group of women who are in a fertility group, then they'll see you again. That's another touch point. Or you'll put on a webinar and they saw you on Instagram and they show up to your webinar. That's another touch point. Or, I mean, or, and, or all along the way. So that's how you build all of these tributaries and touch points that come to you. So when you get frustrated <laughs> that you're trying to get people in your door, it's it really doesn't always happen with just one conversation. You're building your brand, you're building your personality, you're building your voice, you're building your wording. It takes some time. And I know that's not what you want to hear, but that is exactly what needs to happen. So in today's episode, we're going to go through and talk about the five factors that can make or break your marketing strategy. So number one, the first thing that you need to know is what is your niche? And I talk about this all the time, and it really helps you develop your self as a practitioner. It helps you know your languaging, your target, your the things you should be talking about. So what do I mean when I say choose your niche? What I mean is where do you find passion? Where who do what do you like treating? Like I love sports medicine. And it took me a while to remember that because I wanted to try other things. But ultimately what it comes back to for me is I just dig it. It's just my natural MO. But like I used to be an, a competitive athlete, not a good competitive athlete, but I was a competitive athlete in my younger years and I just love to move. And I still love to move even as I'm getting older. And that even brings another niche for me. Like I can focus on older athletes or athletes who are aging and all the complications and challenges that you have as an aging athlete. So some ways to discover your niche are what's in your past. Like for me, I've messed this up twice. I When I graduated I graduated with a bachelor's degree at the age of whatever, 23, with a degree in exercise science and business. And I thought that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the self-esteem to be a trainer. And I ended up going to massage school. And while I was in massage school, I got fascinated with being a doula to support women who are giving birth and to be a part of that. But I was like 25. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I wasn't relatable. And I've talked about this before. As soon as I shifted and went back to sports medicine and trying to market sports medicine, my massage practice was booked and I was covering my business overhead and my personal overhead within six weeks. So I did it again here. I did it again when I started my acupuncture practice. I came in. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I am anymore. Let's see what comes my way. Nothing came my way because it was too broad. It was like sending a signal like nobody in this town can see me or hear me because my signal was so broad and boring and who knew? As soon as I started talking about sports medicine again, that's 
who comes to see me because that's what I resonate with and that's what I'm good at. And that's what my hands know after 25 years of working with athletes. It's just my thing. And I get excited about it. So what do you get excited about? Think about some things that you treated in school that were really interesting to you. What are you most curious about? It's okay if you come out and you don't really feel like you have the chops to claim a niche and this is going to be, you know, you're like, I'm not, I'm not that good at anything. Well, I understand that you might not feel like you're that good at anything in particular, but you will be. And I know you will because you made it through Chinese medical school, which was super hard. So I know that if you choose something, say you're curious about digestive issues, every time you get a digestive issue person in, you gather more information and you understand more and more how to treat that. You can keep files on research that you do. This is what I do. I research something and I put it in Google files and then I title that folder so that next time I don't have to redo that process. What do you have the most fun treating? What do you want to learn more about? I'm going to give us the garden metaphor through this whole process. So your niche would be sort of like, let's plant a garden. What kind of garden do you want? Do you want to create a tea garden? Do you want to create a flower garden? Do you want to create a vegetable garden? Do you want a Chinese herbal medicine garden? Do you want, I mean, so think about that. Like what lights you up when you think about creating a garden? And then once you do that, you have to kind of think about like, well, what type of light do they need? What type of soil does it need? What type of ecosystem is going to foster this healthy garden? Can you incorporate companion planting? So think about your garden and envision what it looks like. This is how you're going to choose your niche. Can you feel how certain things are lighting you up? Once you know your niche, and now I'm going to relate it more to you're a new practitioner. You're not really sure. You're Are you feeling a little afraid to choose a niche? Because if you choose a niche, then other people won't come see you and then you won't have any patients. Well, if you try to grow everything in your garden, some plants are going to kill the other plants and some things are going to grow really great while other things don't go really great and you're just going to have chaos. And you might not have the right soil for a lot of things. You're going to expend a lot of energy that you don't need to expend. So choose a niche, whether that's fertility, men's health, sports medicine, dermatology, pediatrics, geriatrics, digestive issues. All of these are really great niches and you can eventually change your niche. It's okay. Some questions to ask yourself to help you define this niche would be, what are you most curious about right now in practice? Who did you have the most fun treating in your internship in school? What what do you want to learn more about? What formulas were super interesting to you if you're interested in herbal medicine? Where did you see the most success in your clinic practice in school? Where do you see yourself five years from now with regards to who you want walking through the door? These are just some like questions that I ask and similar to asking what kind of garden you want. Don't get stuck here. 
do not spend a bunch of time on this. You should pick this in within a one or two weeks of just meditate on it, get a good feel on it, and then pick it and go because you will spend too much time spinning your wheels. And if you make a decision and move forward, things will work out. So that's that's number one, find your niche, pick your garden. The second is, who is your dream patient? And I've talked a lot about this in the past podcast, but this is say like, what type of flowers do I want? Well, I freaking love dahlias right now. I live in the Pacific Northwest and dahlias, I'm completely obsessed with dahlias. I think they're amazing. I want a dahlia flower bed. Now, what does that mean? What does What is going to make for the most healthy dahlia? What type of soil am I going to need? What type of light am I going to need? What type of dahlias do I want? What color dahlias do I want? Is there anything specific that that, that those dahlias are going to need? What is involved in taking care of dahlias? Did you know that you have to dig up the tubers at the end of the season every single year and then replant them in the spring? This is a little high maintenance, right? But maybe less high maintenance than a vegetable garden. I'm going to leave. What if I leave all of August? Well, they're not going to die or my plants aren't going to be ruined. So I can leave. See how I'm going? Like, what are the specific needs of this? So if you are choosing, say, women's health, then I'm going to say, who's your dream patient? Who's your dream patient in women's health? And the best answer to that is, who do you get super excited to see? When they're standing in front of you, and you, who do you get giddy about? I get giddy about cyclists. You know, who do, I, I, I know cyclists. I get it. Like, oh, rotation in the pelvis. Yeah. Are you a mountain biker? Because you downhill with the front leg, with your right leg front all the time. And you spend an hour of a downhill three times a week doing this. So you're off. You know, that's easy for me. What about fertility? Fertility for women in their 40s. How about that? Or late 30s. Do you get super excited about that? This is going to guide your marketing. And it's so very important. So say your person is a fertility patient in their late 30s. Well, you're going to exact know exactly how to create your marketing surrounding this. You know where they go. You know, you know, you can ask your questions. Ask questions all about this person. Where do they like to eat? What do they read? Are they working? Where are they working? Are they actually the super high uh, achieving female executive who waited till they were in their late 30s to get pregnant and now they're having challenges? You can imagine the things that they go through mentally and what they read. Do they read Vanity Fair? What books are they reading? You can go and choose all of your marketing around this, right? So choosing your dream patient. Okay. Number three is what is your style? I think it's really important to know you as well. So some ways of knowing this are going to be, of course, are you, are you introverted or extroverted? Because your marketing style is going to be different based on who you are. Your reach to that target patient is going to be very different if you're an introvert versus an extrovert. So if you're introverted, you may be more inclined to target this patient population on Instagram, or you may be more interested in targeting this population via referrals from fertility docs. 
or sorry, OBGYNs or doctors that are specifically doing in vitro. You may be more inclined to want to meet that physician, treat them to coffee, talk about what you do, how you can help them solve problems with that they're having. So they may have problems and understand that Chinese medicine is super beneficial for in vitro and that makes them look better. Better. So, how can you help other people solve this problem that they have in reaching out? Your plan's going to be different. Thinking back to the garden, I want dahlias, not vegetables. Am I going to have to water them in the morning or the evening, or do I have to water them? Are they hands on or are they hands off? In other words, am I going to have to deadhead them all the time? Am I going to have to show up? Like I said before, I'm going to have to plant all those tubers in the spring and then dig them all up in the fall. That means that I can go camping for two weeks at a time if I want and things are not going to go to hell versus going camping during tomato season when all those yummy tomatoes are coming ripe. That's going to be sad. (laughs) Think about, think about your patients. How are you willing to show up for them? You know, how, like I would be totally fine showing up to a running group and talking about how to use gua sha for tight calves. That would be easy for me. And I am an introvert, but here's a thing that I, I know really well. You know, here's a thing that I know could benefit them really well. Here's this problem that I know that they have that it could solve. Here's a way to build trust with those people. Go run with them. So who you are in relationship to your dream patient and your niche really dictates how you're going to go about your marketing strategy. So you really want to understand what you're willing and not willing to do, what your lifestyle looks like and how it fits in with potentially marketing to your dream population. Where are you willing to spend your energy and where absolutely where's your hard stops? I've been asked to speak at the university campus a couple of times and I've prepped a talk for them about acupuncture and it's a psychology students who are just about ready to graduate. And my little introverted heart panics to no end, like sweating in the parking lot, thinking I'm going to throw up, like it's absolute torture. And I did it twice and I decided that it's not worth my mental health to, to go there. But right here I can podcast and I can teach runners how to eat do gua sha on their calves or how to release their calves. So know you and you'll get to know yourself a little better over time when you try these things. Some things you can get over the hump, especially if you're introverted like me, some things you're not going to get over the hump and it's just not worth the nausea and the the twisty stomach and all of that. And that wasn't my target market anyway. It was just a, a kind of like a community service that I was trying to provide to support and educate for the profession. And it's just, it just made me sick to my stomach. And I'm not going to any BNI groups or networking marketing groups either. That's also not me. And if that's not you, just don't do it. Number, where are we at? Number four, leverage what you have. So as far as the garden analogy comes along, it's really into your benefit to take a look around and see what's growing naturally and why. Pulling the weeds and seeing if you can foster the growth of things that are already surrounding you in your garden that are working because they will only foster more growth of other really good things. I have pots of mint growing for my little mocktail mojitos. <laughs> you know, I love herbs. I have herbs growing just naturally in places in my little e- 
tiny house ecosystem. Take a look at what's going on around you and figure out how to leverage what you've got. Now, when we take this back over to business, let's talk about how you can leverage what you've already got. If you have moved back to your hometown or you're in your hometown, you're surrounded by people who love you and want to see you succeed. So I know this is old school and I don't care. Make some business cards and give them to your friends and family because they want to support you. So that's one really easy way to get your name out there and get people talking. As well as, no doubt, those are the people that are going to come see you in the beginning anyway, your friends and family. So make sure that they've got cards and that they can share share their story about how you treated them with other people. If you're a yoga instructor, talk about acupuncture in your yoga classes. If you have friends that are PTs or if you have friends who are docs, get them your cards. Ask them for a referral. Send the emails. Send the thank you cards. Reach out to people that you have in your ecosystem who can help support you. So let's talk about emails for a second. If you have already started your practice and you have electronic health records, you already have, you own real estate. The reason I say this is because emails are yours. Social media is not yours. In other words, you will have constant contact and reach through emails for the rest of your career. But social media can be taken away, that they can change the rules. So you always want to get emails. And now is the time to start your email campaign. Let's start an internal referral program if you can. In some states, you have to be very careful about how you do that. But you can create an internal referral program. You want to start your newsletter. You can ask for testimonials. You can meet other business professional professionals. So those are some things you can put in your email newsletter. I can do a whole thing on newsletters. If you guys want me to go there, just reach out and, and let me know that you're interested in what should go in a newsletter, et cetera. But Email is a big deal. Collect your email list. Really get in on that in the beginning. It's going to be a long process. It's going to be one that you commit to throughout your career, but it's definitely one way to reap long-term benefits. You just continue touch points with your clients or your patients. Some other ways uh, that you can cultivate and use what you've got Take a look at your business and then take a look at what's surrounding you. What businesses are surrounding you? One way to go about marketing that doesn't feel yucky is to do it in service of other people. So take a look around you and think about what challenges these different businesses might have. And might you be able to refer your patients to them later? or? Might they have something that you can provide? I, I have started multiple businesses at different locations. And one of the things that I love to do is to go visit the surrounding businesses and introduce myself and ask for their cards because I want to support them. I want to send patients to them. I want them to feel like I want to feel, which is full and happy and content and with good business. I take my cards with me, but that's one of the ways. And I don't make it a point to like, oh, I want your card. Oh, here are mine. No, just pick up their cards. 
Later, you can write a thank you letter and put your cards in it. See how that works? Hey, Sharon, thanks so much for the time. It was great meeting you in your cute, cute little shop. I absolutely love all the jewelry that you carry. If you know anybody who needs acupuncture, here are my cards. And you know where to find me if you continue to have those migraines that we talked about. I'd love to help you with that. Touch base. Talk about something that you talked about. Drop your business cards in the in the card and you will be remembered. That's just another way to create a touch point. So that's number four. So utilize what's surrounding you. Take a look at what's surrounding you. Where do you go? Always take your cards with you or just be prepared to give out your business number. Okay. Number five, have a plan. Holy moly. You have to have a plan to plant this amazing garden, right? You have to pick the proper soil. You can't have your ideal garden without a proper plan. What are the steps that you have to go through to get from point A to point B? Well, first you had to get clear on what you wanted. Then you envisioned it and got excited about it. Then you mapped it out and decided what exactly you wanted to plant, right? And then you prepped the soil and you planted the seeds and you nurtured the seeds. And at this point, you were not asking, where's my flower? Where's my flower? Where's my flower? Why isn't my flower here? (laughs) You just nurtured the process. You just nurtured the seeds and continued with the process. And you knew that eventually those flowers are going to come up. And you're going to harvest them and you're going to have beautiful flowers. This takes some time. It takes work. It takes cultivating. And you totally, along the way, will have patience. But this is a practice and it's going to take some time. And it's really, it works best if you have clarity on the above four topics. But when you plant that garden, you believe that it would happen. So I encourage you, especially from the beginning, envision this practice and know that it will happen. Because if you stick to the actions that will make it happen, it will happen. It just might take some time. Here's an example of a beginner marketing plan for an introvert. One, sign up for a class. I literally just did this. I wrote this outline the other day and I was like, Okay. <laughs> it's sort of like post-pandemic-ish. Like you can start it, start to go back into and, and socialize and do classes again. So I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I've been wanting to um, paddle with what's called bebop here in town. And bebop is outrigging paddling on the ocean. So I just signed up to go paddle with the outriggers. So hopefully that inspires you to sign up for something that you're interested in. Do you see also that my potential client is going to be sitting right behind me or in front of me? And I'm not doing this icky. This is something that I'm really excited about and it's just going to work. So I know who I am. I know what I want. I know who my dream patient is. I know what my niche is and I know how to talk about what I do. So that's, that is one way. I bet you, I go do this if I do this and I love it and I stick with it for at, at least till the end of the season, I will have at least one or two patients in my door and then more of them know who I am and know what I do. And those are touch points. And they'll see it again later when they break something or overtrain. And number two, get a weekly, monthly or bi-monthly massage with different therapists and tell them that you are looking for some great massage therapists to refer your patients to because you are 
looking for great massage therapists to refer your patients to. Have your cards, but ask them for their cards and they will probably ask you for yours. But if they don't, do not drop them off. What you will do once again is follow up with a handwritten thank you card. Thank you for the amazing massage. I absolutely loved it. Thank you for giving me your business cards. I am so grateful to have you to refer my patients to for their wellness. By the way, I dropped in a couple of my cards if you know anybody who needs to be treated for blah, blah, blah. Got it? Isn't that such a great way? To, it's so human. It's so human. Do you see how I'm giving you introverts a way to get out there? The third way that an introvert can market is to create or to get started. Like we're just planting seeds, remember? Is to create a template for a monthly newsletter. Because what you are going to want to do, especially in the beginning when you have time, you can do this. You're going to do a monthly newsletter, I would say at least a monthly newsletter. And you want it as easy as possible so that when you hate doing it, it's just quick work and you can get it done quickly. And you can actually sit down and do this in batches. So you could prep this for the entire year while you're sitting there, not having patience, write all this out and get it done. So a really good way is just to automate how your monthly newsletters are going to go out. And this goes with your emails, right? The email addresses that you're collecting. So do that. Number four is hold a webinar. If you have an Instagram following, you can promote a webinar on a topic that your Instagram followers are having. You create a Zoom link, you provide them with the um, webinar, create the date. This is a great way to get email signups as well. These patients will love what you're teaching them and you could turn it around and maybe get them booked. You know, you can follow up with an email saying, thank you so much for joining me. If you have any more questions, please feel free to sign up for a free 20 minute consult. I'm happy to talk to you about any concerns you have with your fertility. Okay. So there's that last one is learn something new about business every week. So whether that's a book or a blog post or a podcast, you went, we went to school for acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and we learned a little bit of business. Now that you're out or now that you're getting into business, it's time to know about business and practice the acupuncture. Do you see? You have to shift what you're learning. Okay. And and I feel like a lot of times acupuncturists graduate and they turn around and run back into what's comfortable and that's learning acupuncture. It's time to shift. You can always go back and get your doctorate later. You can totally go back and get your doctorate. Let's get you making some money so you can pay for your doctorate. Let's get you knowing how to do business. It's time to invest in this so that you can eat, so that you can pay for your loans, so that you can support your family, learn about business. So listen to the podcasts. I'm providing plenty. You can read books. And then that's it. Those are your top five if you're an introvert, things that you can do right now. But I also encourage you to take a look at everything that we just talked about and see where those dream patients are and figure out how to get close to them without being creepy, right? Okay, that's it. That's the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Again, if you're on Facebook and you belong to one of those Facebook groups, go ask what everybody's favorite podcast is. That's all. Thank you so much. I totally appreciate you. 
Take care. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. And if you appreciate this podcast, it would be amazing if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a great review. And if you don't like what I'm doing, then that's okay. No worries. Just keep it.